The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. This is News Talk. Good morning and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. On the show this morning, from renovations to Christmas decorations, we get a tour of the Mansion House with the Lord Mayor of Dublin. Last singer standing finalist Dame Stuffy brings us the best Christmas presents for the Dame and Duke in your life. We look at the best independent design stores in Ireland for your essential interiors. And Roshi Murphy will try and convince us that never washing your frying pan is a good idea. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here at The Home Show at 53106. That'll cost you 30 cent. Or email us here at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. You'll find me over on Twitter at Sinead underscore Ryan. And remember, you can listen live or listen back to the show and our podcasts on the Newstalk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Now, folks, um, I think I'm usually the last to the Christmas festivities, possibly because I have been um, listening to so much fantastic advice from guests on this very show and wondering you know I'll, I'll wait till it's all over before I go out and buy the tree and put up the decorations and order the turkey I haven't done any of those things yet uh, but I did manage to send two Christmas cards but only because they were going to America and it's not that I don't want to get into the spirit of things it's just that for me Christmas season only begins this weekend it, a kind of a backlash against the shops swapping out pumpkins for plum puddings on the 1st of November and Look, our four kids are all grown up and living away now, so you you don't get that level of excitement. But while I'll get on with everything now after this show, the one thing I don't do anymore is is put up a crib. I'm not religious. And among all the other decorations, I think it would be a bit hypocritical. Well, you're a bit of a hypocrite, all right, says you, celebrating Christmas. But yeah, but like many lapsed or former Catholics, I suppose I am. I'm I'm an a la carte Christmas person. I'll take the bits I like and ditch the bits I don't, you know, which is fair enough criticism. But I bet there's lots of people just like me, just putting up decorations, getting into the swing of gatherings and presents and cards and stuffing the turkey, but without feeling they have to engage with the religious side, you know, the mass and carol service and all of that kind of thing if they don't want to. Are you one of them or am I an outlier here and should I ignore the whole thing and open up a tin of beans? Anyway, listen, let me know. What is your Christmas like now? Maybe compared to when you were a child, when that was really, really important maybe for you. Uh, Text us here, 53106 for 30 cent or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. And of course, we have a show on Christmas Day because it's a Saturday and uh, conscious that there's a lot of families out there maybe who have loved ones who are away and won't be home for Christmas. Well, if you'd like to send in good wishes to people who may be listening, do text us at 53106 or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and we will allow you make those wishes on radio to people who will be tuning in on Christmas Day. And for now, you're very welcome along to the show. The Home Show on News Talk. Now, most of the country is shining with festive lights, none more so than the Mansion House here in Dublin, which is the residence of the Lord Mayor of Dublin. So what is Christmas like there in the Mansion House? Well, my first guest will certainly know the answer to that question. It is Alison Gilliland, the Lord Mayor of Dublin. Morning, Alison, and welcome along to The Home Show. Good morning, Sinead, and everyone who's listening. 
Now, before we get to talking about Christmas, I've been following uh, the restoration that's been taking place in the oak room of the mansion house. I imagine it's rather a big deal compared to somebody maybe replacing a floor or a room in their own house. Tell us a little bit about what's been happening there. Yeah, the oak room is our main reception room in the mansion house and it's a couple of hundred years old. So obviously it's very much protected uh, and loved and we have to be quite careful when we take uh, undergo renovations. So we've recently just replaced the floor in it and we have a lovely parquet herringbone uh, floor relaying. Uh, it has to be varnished. So that's our latest in it. And the second big aspect of that makeover is that we have to check out and renew our ventilation system. There is a system in the ceiling, but I would be afraid of turning it on because people might get something worse than COVID. It oh, hasn't been dear. used in quite a few years. <laughs> so given the need for ventilation and um, and the COVID restrictions. We're looking at getting that done at the moment because we're we haven't used the house for groups or receptions for almost two years and we're really anxious to be able to get people back in and work with them here in the house. Is it all done now or is there still a little bit of work to do? Oh, there's still quite a bit of work to do. We're hoping by Christmas it'll all be done and come the new year, COVID allowing we'll be able to get small groups in to the house. Now, one of the things, of course, people love around this time of year uh, and one of the stalwarts, I suppose, of Dublin Christmas time is the live crib. Is there a crib this year, Alison? Yes, somebody drives by or cycles by the mansion house these days and notice the crib. We will get a goat, a sheep and a donkey. Uh, the farmer will bring them along every day. We'll look after them while they're here and then bring them home at night. Uh, we have an ISPCA inspector as well uh, who will come along to make sure the accommodation for the animals is appropriate and that they're well looked after while they're here. Uh, and they always are. I must say it's a huge draw and kids absolutely adore it. They do. You know, popping along to see the animals. Um, now tell me, the man Mansion House is also part of the Dublin Winter Lights. I've been noticing them around uh, some of our public buildings. Tell me a little bit about it because it just, it looks beautiful. Now we have 21 installations or projections this year and we've divided them into two trails, almost like a, a north side of the Liffey and a south side of the Liffey Trail. The Mansion House would be on the south side and we engaged several designers and the one that we have here on the Mansion House is a bespoke piece. It's very much a nature piece in the city. You can see uh, the chimney stacks down there at um, Poolbeck. There's even a seagull to mark one of our, our infamous, let's say, birds in the city. It's a lovely sort of mellow orange, white uh, and blue. Other um, buildings such as City Hall, the Customs House, Civic Offices and um, the GPO have other pieces on them. Some move and some are like um, as with snowflakes and winter weather. Others are a little bit linked with Christmas and Santa Claus and the reindeers. Some of our bridges also have them. So it's a lovely family-friendly event that we host uh, throughout this winter period and we know many families go around and I know from, from being here in the Mansion House there's visitors 
10 or 12 of them at least every single evening that pass by, take photos and enjoy it. It brightens up the city, it I think. It does. I'm wondering, is there a difference between the quality of north side lights and south side lights, Alison? No, we were very <laughs> conscious of treating each side of the Lissy very equally. Indeed, indeed. OK, so tell me about now what, what your plans are for Christmas, because this is your first and last, presumably, Christmas in the Mansion House. Uh, do you have a tree up? Is there a ceremony from that? We see the First Lady Jill Biden in, in the States have it drawn up in a, a horse-drawn carriage and shoes and ass over it. Did you, did you get to do that? We're a little bit more <laughs> low-key here. Uh, the tree on the forecourt has been up for the last fortnight. It's decorated with beautiful white lights. Um, and we have a tree. We just actually put it up there on the 1st of December in the front hall. Uh, and as a staff, we, we all took turns in dressing that. We have another smaller one in our drawing room and I still to put mine up upstairs. Um, but it is, it's beautiful. And I think everybody, we don't have a huge amount of people coming into the house uh, because of COVID, but the, the staff are enjoying that sort of build up to the festive season. Now, you said you haven't got around to putting your own one up upstairs. I presume you mean in the, in the residential quarters and, and yeah. actually... Is there then a difference between the public trees or, or the kind of the state trees and, and your own private one? Do you get to decorate your own? Did you bring oh, decorations with you? I, I do my own um, and I suppose no more than a lot of other people, I reuse my my decorations from previous years as, as we did here in the main hall. Um, I like to decorate mine with decorations that I've bought throughout the years from different places I might have visited or that people have given me. In my own house, I have a rather large plant that I use as a Christmas tree. So um, it's very much reusing, recycling approach. But I, I hope maybe next weekend to get my own up upstairs. All right. I'm speaking with the Lord Mayor of Dublin, Alison Gilliland, here on the Home Show on News Talk. Uh, and when you were talking there about getting your own decorations and, and reusing them, I, I lots of people do that. And it's a lovely idea. I do it myself to collect decorations from around the world uh, where, where you've been and you can kind of reminisce then over holidays and exactly. trips and all that. Do you have a theme? Is it beautiful and kind of golden red or is it just chuck everything at it, Alison? It, I'm quite a minimalist, Sinead, and okay. I hate clutter. So um, it, it's literally whatever I have, I put it on, but it wouldn't be overly laden now with decorations. Okay. And, and I, I like white lights. White so lights. White well, lights. you're a woman after my own heart. I must say that's my that's my theme as well. White lights that don't blink on and off. Uh, exactly. Will your own Christmas be very different this year? Of course it will. Do you have a bevy of staff to cook turkey for you? Will you have stewards no. serving it to no, you? Abs absolutely not. Wearing It'll your be... chain of office. <laughs> The chain of office will be put away come uh, come Christmas morning. No, it's very much a family affair. It's you know we do we do our own. The staff uh, go home and enjoy their own Christmas dinners with their own family, and I'll be enjoying it also with my family and doing a little bit of the the cooking myself and the serving, and of course the washing up. And will Santa be making an appearance now in the mansion house? There's plenty of chimneys. Lots and lots of chimneys, but no children. So uh, unless he decides to give the Lord Mayor um, a <laughs> present, I'm not sure if he'll be stopping over. But I'll be stopping into the Children's Hospital on um, Christmas morning. And I think I might be supplementing some of Santa's presents there.
Wonderful. Now, tell me um, about what plans you have. Your term of office is up um, in the middle of next year. So what have you got planned now for the rest of the time that you are staying in the mansion house? Yeah, we, we've great plans for next year. And I'm just, I think we all have our fingers and toes crossed that COVID will allow us to uh, start using the Oak Room and mark some celebrations that we haven't been able to mark uh, for the last sort of six months and indeed 18 months. We're hoping to uh, revive the Lord Mayor's Gala Ball, the charity ball. And uh, that's looking like April. We will also have the Lord Mayor's Awards. And there's a few events I want to do to focus on women in the city and particularly women that have contributed to the life and times of the city and the other thing I'm planning for is World Book Day by celebrating it on the 23rd of April uh, which is actually the European and World Book Day as opposed to the the earlier March Book Day that is very much linked with commercial uh, business out there so there are some of the ideas we have that Um. hopefully fingers crossed will happen next year all right and tell me if you have a favorite christmas movie that you'll be bedding down to watch on christmas day what will it be love actually of course it is of course and i've actually is. already watched it i watched it last weekend <laughs> oh, just you? to get into the mood right a sneak preview all right well listen alison gilliland lord mayor of dublin uh, thank you for sharing your christmas uh, plans with us and also bringing us up to date with the refurbishment of the beautiful mansion house thank you very much Sinead. The Home Show on News Talk. Dame Stuffy, welcome to the Home Show. Well, thank you very much for having me. You have a lovely home. It's cold and dark and bleak, but I like it. It's Christmas, Sinead. It's Christmas. It is Christmas, and we are thrilled to have you finally in studio. Tell me about Last Singer Standing. Oh, very exciting. So the grand final uh, takes place tonight at half eight on RT1. I'm very excited. Um, you know, it, it was so... We were waiting, what, two years uh, until we could sing in front of a live audience again. So to get back into a studio uh, in front of a live audience and perform uh, it, just for people again was just a joy. Um, and I've enjoyed every minute on the show. So win or lose tonight, whatever happens, I've enjoyed every moment of it. All right. It's del- it's wonderful uh, to hear to hear you in the final and uh, the very best of luck with that Thank tonight. Thank you very much. I, no doubt you'll be successful. You're just being nice to me because I'm going to win 25 grand, <laughs> aren't you? You are. because <laughs> you'll be back in here if you do, hopefully. <laughs> and joining Dame Stuffy is a good friend of the show, head of content at her.ie, Neve Marr. Welcome back to the home show, Neve. Thanks, Sinead. Delighted <laughs> to be here. And Dame Stuffy, of course, I feel very underdressed and completely starstruck. So delighted to be here. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> we are both underdressed. Even our Christmas tree is underdressed compared to Dame Stuffy it's today. Right. Well, they asked me to stand out beside her for the next two weeks just to kind of I we'll might a star in your head and a few I might. me around. and Pat Kenny we're going to sit on top of it just to bring a bit of joy to news talk you know indeed, indeed. Mm. alright now we asked you both to do a little bit of shopping for us uh, to get some presents for the Dame and the Duke in your life and we sent you around the shops and uh, to have a look at good value presents and then presents for the Dame and Duke who have everything Neve, let's start with you uh, and you're starting with some clothing. Yeah, absolutely. So this is an Irish brand. They're called Chariot Clothing and they are a cork sibling duo behind the company. Uh, Nathan and Ashling Kerwin are their names. And I interviewed them a few weeks ago and I have to say... 
They are incredibly impressive. The clothing, obviously, as I said, it's an Irish brand. Um, it's an inclusive range of clothing. So it started in 2020 due to Nathan's frustrations, actually, as a wheelchair user. So he is an engineer as well. So he brought his engineering prowess into the design of this clothes and he designed a range of trousers for wheelchair users. So uh, kind of moving on from that, he's designed a range of clothing for men, women. Uh, there is the wheelchair users as well. And his sister, Ashling came on board to help him out with the co- uh, with the company after uh, it was really doing so well. And yeah, it's an incredible story. They're eco-conscious as well, sustainable. They really promote circular economy. So it's a really, really good thing. And you can go to chariotclothing.com for all the information. Wonderful. And price points on that, Neve? It started around €27 Euro for t-shirts. They do go up to about €60 Euro as well for different things. There's beanies, there's jumpers, there's t-shirts, there's trousers, there's shorts. It's a fantastic Wonderful. range. Now, Dame Stuffy, um, what what is your first item that you're bringing? Well, I've picked something for the special bitch in your life. Uh, this is, is if you have a dog, if you're a dog owner, this is all about doggy style. Uh, and it's called the One Mock Kit. Oh, right. right. Do you have That's, a dog? I don't have a you dog. You don't have a yeah, You don't know what you're missing. You I look don't. like a cat person in fairness. <laughs> I, 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 but uh, yeah, so it's for the dog in your life, right? So it, it's basically like a dog hammock. Oh, right. right. But what you do with this dog hammock is if you, you know, if, if you're out of the house a lot, uh, and especially around the Christmas time, you're out shopping, doing bits and pieces. Um, dogs tend to, to pick up your scent from your clothes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So what this is designed to do is you stretch out an old T-shirt or an old jumper or an old pair of tights uh, over the thing. And um, and it, it lets your dog pick up the scent of it, so the dog is comforted, and um, and and it just creates a, a feel good relationship between humans and dogs when you leave something with your scent in the house. Right, a hammock yeah. for the dog. A hammock, Who and you sit knew? the dog in it. Oh, fantastic! And you can get right. them for the different size dogs as well. All right, so that's yeah. the one mock kit. It's mm. a hammock for. <laughs> It's a hammock for It's a hammock dog. for dogs, yeah. It's a hammock for dogs. It's Japanese. They do everything like that in Japan. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. Right, now, Neve, you have another uh, stylish item for the Duke in your life. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I personally do find it quite difficult to buy for some of the men in my life. Um, and this is going up a little bit in price range, but I kind of thought this is for maybe a brother or for a close cousin. I mean, you're not buying your cousins everything, obviously. How close, though, weren't you? Know? I, I mean, mean you be careful there, like, will you? One that you'd see every few weeks, you right, know? Right, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, um, right. This is a wooden turntable that you can get from Urban Outfitters, a record player, essentially, and it's oh. a vintage inspired, looks really nice. It's a bit hipster now. We go, oh, it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely a bit hipster. Uh, and I think, you know, you'd need to be a certain, of a certain style, of a certain coolness level, I suppose, yeah. to kind of get away with <laughs> you'd this. You'd need a beard for sure. you need a beard and maybe an interest in music, but it's not necessarily a record player. It's Bluetooth compatible as well. Uh-huh. So, you know, I mean, it's 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 kind of vintage inspired, but obviously it has all the mod cons and, and yeah. stuff like that. So it's definitely an entry level record player if you want to do that. And I do think it's impressive. It's 129 euro. It's not, it's not a bad price for mm. something like that that's very different, that's quirky. And honestly, sometimes it's very difficult to buy for, for you know, those men in your life that you it don't exactly know. It is indeed. And actually, it comes in a kind of a beautiful wooden case with a handle. So it's portable. You can bring it around with you, presumably. And uh, it has all of the mod cons in it. Uh, Absolutely. Built-in stereo the... speakers as well as headphone jack, power adapter, all that. So you can take it around with you if you want. And I think it would be a pretty impressive gift. Fantastic. Now, Dame Stuffy, um, you're going to bring, give us something a bit smelly. I am. You see, 2020, 2021, they should be known as the year of the wax melt. 
melt, right? Because everybody <laughs> out there was making wax melts for the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> were, uh, yes. But this this is a lovely company uh, uh, founded in Dublin, and uh, they do it right. And they were founded in May 2021. They're called Studio Dublin. And they're run by a pair of husbands. Well, they're married (laughs) to each other. They're not just a pair of husbands. (laughs) Right. Um, uh, And it's Studio Dublin. So they uh, are are a homewares uh, and interior uh, company. And they bring out a range of of, uh, of candles and and diffusers. Let's take a look. I brought you a present. Yeah, so you opened that. I got one for you as well, Niamh. Thank you so much. You you can open that up there. Merry Christmas. Thank you. And this is a sample of one of their wax melts, yeah? Now, hold on a second. Okay, mm. so what do you do with the... Oh, you so, just light them and they melt away? No, God, you don't light oh, them. You, don't light. you burn down the gas. <laughs> you calm down now. You, no, you see, you get these wax melts, right, and you break one off, you put yeah. it into a wax burner with a little tea ah, light, okay. and the scent is, is infused. <laughs> yes, you see, yes. Yeah. I thought you were posh. I thought you'd know about this. Setting the studio on fire in a minute. So this is a scent. Oh, I have a scent called... lovely yeah, now. We Three Kings. Oh, okay. And this is their Christmas range. They've got We Three Kings. Yeah. Uh, they've got... Uh, which I is have a, Cozy Winter Nights. You've Cozy Winter yeah, Nights. that's lovely. Um, I also have Cozy Winter ah, Nights. You've Cozy beautiful. Winter Nights. And it's, it's, you know, they're beautiful candles. They're soy based uh, wax as well right. uh, the wicks that they use don't produce black smoke as some do oh yeah and they burn down the burn time is about 35 hours on them but they burn down completely not like other candles now you okay. know the way you get that core in a yeah. candle when you and light you can't it. Get rid of it and that annoys me because yeah. I want I, mean, I kind of feel I'm wasting then the bit of candle that I, I know I you know so a lot about this I do I'm, I'm do you a have wax these all over your gaff I do, <laughs> do you? Yeah, right. I, she's, don't call it a gaff uh, now <laughs> Oh, yeah, I can say that, right? Your so these palace. are the candles, right? The wax melts are four ninety nine. Oh, grand. And well, you can get them good. on hellostudiodublin.com. And then the candles, what they have. I'll give you one, Neve. Oh, oh, this thank is lovely. You, yeah. This Christmas is home spice. for Christmas. Oh, lovely. And oh, that's, that's a Christmas lovely spice. cinnamony kind of. It's beautiful. beautiful. And it's warm okay. and it's it's invigorating and it's lovely for the home at Christmas. Now, uh, let's go up a price point now. For the person who has everything, Neve, what can we possibly give them for Christmas? Well, from one passion to another, it has to be something to do with coffee. So uh, at €199, (gasps) if you have that to spare, a coffee grinder from Sage is the way to go for all the coffee snobs in your life. So they already have a coffee machine, obviously, but do they have a grinder for their coffee? Mm. That's the question. Do you have a grinder, James Duffy? Only on my phone. (laughs) I felt that was coming. I knew that was coming. (laughs) Not not, not in the kitchen. (laughs) Once in the kitchen. But anyway... You can get it on DID Electrical 199 and the coffee snob would love it. Just skirting past that. <laughs> right, oh, now, we have to have a laugh. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas. Now, this coffee grinder, which looks very impressive, it doesn't actually make you a cup of coffee, or does it? Absolutely not. No, oh, you. you so you have to grind the beans that you get yeah. from all of your coffee snob knowledge into this grinder and then you put it into your fancy coffee machine that this person will already have and then of you'll get a stunning cup of coffee. <laughs> so, no, it's just a grinder. It's, it's a, a process. It's a process. Sinead. So don't be handed everything in life. Okay, you have to do some things yourself. <laughs> exactly. So it allows for espresso. It allows for coarse enough as well for uh, for French press as well. So it is. It does have a, a multi range faceted Lovely, usage yeah. system. So it's a very good coffee grinder. But it will not make you a cup of coffee. No. But I mean, some things are worth waiting for, aren't no, they? You're quite right. We can't have everything. I can throw a tea bag in a cup. That'll do me. You know what I mean? 
I'm not going through all that hassle for that. <laughs> now, you've been in the posh shops too, Dame Stuffy, because mm. we asked you to go off and find something that was appropriate mm. uh, for 2021 for Christmas, um, but at, at for the dame in your life. Mm, what well, did you find? Th- this is for the diva in your life, uh, baby, because <laughs> this is the Zanati uh, uh, signature box, right? And now, like, we've been using hand sanitizer so much uh, in the past two years that, you know, some of them leave a residue on your hands. They're not all great. But this one is fabulous. It's a hand cleanser and eau de parfum Ooh, right, in one. Um, okay. And it's called Jardin aux Herbes. Oh, right. Yes, okay. that's my Spanish. <laughs> and uh, it, 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 that's the fragrance. And it smells uh, good enough to spritz liberally. So it's for non-sanitation reasons as well. Uh, but it retails at €150 Euro a bottle. That's shocking. Go away. <laughs> and then you can get it on zanati.co.uk. So if you're oh, feeling a little bit posh, shiny. if you're a bit self-conscious, if you're coming into a place like News Talk with, with cheap little hand sanitizer <laughs> and you want to show off when Pagani's around, uh, you can bring, you can whip out your Zanati signature box you can get this hand sanitizer and it's wonderful. I think I'd want more in my signature box for 150 quid. <laughs> you wouldn't you like? But at least it'd smell nice, you know what I mean? Uh, it comes uh, in a monogrammed pouch. I would hope so. So for 150 euro, you can walk around like you're after buying something from Louis uh, with a monogram pouch to hold your hand sanitizer. All right. There well, you go. we've heard it all now on the, on the home show. Uh, hand sanitizer that costs 150 quid. Jardin or herb, and who better to bring it to us than Dame Stuffy, who I'm sure will have her um, her monogrammed box smelling just wonderful all through the Christmas period. <laughs> oh, I don't think you can say that, Sinead. <laughs> Early in the morning, folks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, for everybody out there. If you have any special gifts that you'd like us to cover on the home show or indeed if you have bought any of those ridiculously expensive items or a hammock for your dog, do let us know. Send us a picture, 53106thehomeshow at newstalk.com. Neve Mark, can I just say thank you so much for bringing all those sensible items. Thank to you, Sinead, very much and so much research. And Dame Stuffy, the very best of luck thank uh, you very tonight. Much. So remind us again. The time for the show. It's half past eight. RT won the last singer standing and we are singing for €25,000 so I can buy that Zanati box. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm hoping you're still standing after all of that. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us in studio, folks. The Home Show on News Talk. And you're very welcome back to The Home Show here on News Talk. I'm Sinead Ryan. Now at the top of the show, I uh, interviewed the Lord Mayor of Dublin about all of the work that's been done for Christmas, but also uh, to renew the Oak Room there. And it sounds like it's absolutely beautiful. You can listen back to that if you want. It's on the podcast uh, on the News Talk app, which is powered by Go Loud. But of course, at this segment of the show, we've our own Lady Mayoress in studio, <laughs> Roisin Murphy. You're very welcome back to The Home Show. Thank you very much, Sinead. It's lovely to be here. Now, last week when you were in, uh, we you brought us great ideas from big Main Street retailers. So we had Arnott's and we featured Duns with all of their interiors and everything uh, that, that was on sale at the moment. But, you know, there's been a massive growth and resurgence in small yes. independent retailers yeah. and shops yeah. in the last couple of years in particular. Do you think it's COVID related or are there supports out there for small artists? I think there's... Two things are happening, right? One, there was a huge, uh, I would say almost, I wouldn't even say it's a revival. I would say it was the birth of the independent maker. 
um, partly due to do Brexit, Brexit and supply issues, partly due with COVID. So we have people who would normally, you know, you might get two or three makers. We had Stephen Pierce, we had a few people in Kilkenny Design, mm. but we are now seeing people in nearly every county either producing baskets or mugs or some Irish craft. Mm. It is the golden age of Irish craft. Now, it peaked incredibly over um, lockdown. Because people were, they were online, they were looking for stuff, stuff was difficult, but there was that sense of like being able to buy within your community. It was nearly like it exploded into communities of communities of communities. It did. And also yeah. there were lots of people who, who used lockdown or to, to can maybe explore their creative yeah, side, yeah. try something new. Maybe they'd lost their job and they said, look, we, and we I, interviewed some of them on the yeah. show. I mean, it, it was fantastic exactly. and if you think of, hidden there. If you even think about, say, something like Hewn Spoons, which was one of the first mm. pieces we ever brought on he, he was born out of the first recession okay he's a guy who said I'm not going back to work I'm going down to Clare to do with rents as well to be locating outside of the cities and he said I'm going to forage for wood and carve out spoons now there's a huge community of spoon carvers it sounds nuts <laughs> but it's the truth okay <laughs> so the thing is that such great wood we have we? well we, and the, the materials are there and you learn to make it and you buying something crafted by somebody else is wonderful and also we're, we're anti-machine age because of technology you know there's that thing of like technology owns us mm. so you have your cup of tea out of a handmade mug you're somewhere else in somebody else's mm. hands but that said right we also are having a huge problem with I suppose what you would say is creative space in the city the major cities yeah. they're, they're, they're getting much more expensive so we've seen kind of people sprinkle out through the country and to, to make these fantastic shops Give us some of your favourites now. First of all, in Dublin. In, well, I suppose in Dublin we have a few designs. We'll, we'll go to the classics because there's a couple of them that have been... The Irish Design Shop, which has been running a long time. Uh, then we have Design East, which is on um, Georgia Street. They're running a long time as well. And they would have been the forerunners. Jam Art that do all those incredibly funky... And anybody who's interested in funky Christmas decorations... They are the ones that say Iha Kuhn and a lot of ruder ones beside. Yeah, they're hand carved. I got one myself last year. Yeah, actually. they're brilliant. Absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Funny. Right, so then you'll Down have the in Cork, Temple Bar. In Temple Bar. In yeah. Cork, you'll have the Cork Potters Association, but you'll also have a Voca, which is sprinkled right through the country. But a Voca's lost in a way. We won't talk about a Voca today. It's a little bit sad because the family aren't involved in it anymore. But you will find Meadows and Burns, for instance, mm. which is a. she. It is the woman from Galway and she set up. These are bigger, you'll see bigger kind of um, shops that have sprinkled throughout than we have. Have Folkster in Galway, yeah. and we have Hen's Teeth in Galway, but we also have the fantastic Joyce's Craft Shop, which is as far out in Clifton, and you get bits of Connemara Marble. But the thing about that we have, I suppose, learned from lockdown is that we shop online, right? So if you go, if you're on Instagram, if you're on Facebook, if you're anywhere, you all, get the customers. You get yeah, the customers because so many smaller retailers and mm. these independent artists and yeah. makers are more than happy to ship to anywhere in the country Absolutely. often for free for f- you get uh, you free know? I ordered a pair of my favourite thing because the dog chewed them and I got them from the Irish Woolen uh, Company they sent or studio they sent me slippers I don't know we had them in last we year did. And I did I got a pair myself actually oh my and God. they were like my daughter bought them for me yeah. and they're just so they're made out of sheep's wool Yeah, and they're kind of green and white they look not unlike the marble colours of yeah. Connemara and they are just as cosy as, as and, and I have there's a and I have to say that my mine were the the sheepskin kind of they look like something an elf would wear and the kids all laughed and I said these are so comfortable I couldn't take them off I actually wore them in the car but they're shipped for free 
Yeah. So they were 60 odd euros and they were shipped for free and they arrive in the post. And I think that's the thing that COVID gave to us. As a, So you're you're happy enough to do the research, to go out and buy. We have, for instance, one of the producers on the television programme makes earrings. She makes all these terrazzo mad yeah. 50s earrings, jewel and jangle. And she's her passion project. And I think it's that moment where the disaster and the and dreams have collided and small business as, as this, they go home at night they'll make something and they'll sell it online Indeed Now one of the losses uh, this year uh, and I oh, know yeah, you wanted to mention oh, to yeah. it I it's know terrible. It is unfortunate This is the demise of the flea Yes market. and I think that I suppose that's one of the reasons why Just it, a Covid casualty really I don't know Like I mean there's an argument that the city is losing its identity that so many things are, are Talca Park is gone mm. Um, chapters bookshop is gone that these are the anchor tenants of your city the same way as if you go into a supermarket to explain it very simply if you go into your average shopping centre you'll find Duns or mm. Tesco they're anchor tenants okay so you have anchor tenants and anchor institutions see? but the flea market is one of these things which draws all these makers in and would have vintage uh, furniture there and everything and it has been one of those kind of things that they have they, they fought for premises here and there they're gone. They've had to mm. shut shop. And the ironic thing is we are still looking at a shut shop in the Ivy Markets, our famous oh, market house, this, how still unopened, and the fruit stage. and veg. Yeah. So there's a point you're going, Dublin City Council, and all, like the milk market still is existing in Cork and thriving. We really, you need a market. Markets exist to flee the Marais in and Paris. We, we have, have to have I them. I mean, positively, we do have the Moore Street redevelopment that will be kind of going ahead. Yeah. And I know there's there have been trouble and problems with it but that is hopefully going to uh, result in something very very positive well look what do you think out there do you do you want to see markets back is it something you would like to go to again where should mm. they be you know what should that space I look like I think they have to be protected I think this is really important a city that is not allowing its most innovative young makers not yeah. only can they not get rental places to live in if they can't get places to work in What's happening? Or to, to sell without yeah, a shop ridiculous. front. Yeah, right. well, it's ridiculous. It has to. It has to. It has to be turned around. All right, five three one zero six. If you want to let us know your favourite uh, market, uh, whether it's a flea market, it's been there a long time, or it's brand new and was built up because of COVID last year, five three one zero six, or email us at the home show at newstalk dot com. Now, Roisin, um we're going to rattle those pots and pans because uh, I heard some disturbing news. What? You don't wash your pots and pans at all. Oh, no. You're dirty art. I'm a dirty, <laughs> filthy cook. I, for a long time, I was a terrible cook and I went out with somebody whose uh, mother attended Ballymaloo years and years ago and they were really into their food, right? So they would have little pats of butter pressed into small pots mm. and all this malarkey. Mm-hmm. And they said to me, we were doing the wash up as you do when you go to the, the, the boyfriend's parents' house. You all wash up. And they're saying, no, don't wash the pans. And I was like, I was looking at this pan going, what am I going to do with it now? And they were going, just just wipe it out with a little bit of olive oil. And I was like, go and wipe it out with a little bit of olive oil. And I remember saying, I just didn't actually know how to do it. Because it was so, it's so contrary to what you think if you're doing a scrub, right? So, but essentially, right, I then got a present of a whole load of Luc Rousseau. Um, and then long and the short of it is completely dishwashed all of the protective coatings off them by putting them into oh, a dishwasher. Oh, the thing? Right. Okay. So then I discovered with this pan that you get, you get a skillet, which is a cast iron skillet. Mm. It is actually supposed to be smeared in olive oil and popped into an oven at 200 degrees. So and it forms the natural okay. To season so and seal it. So it's about not scrubbing that off then after you're cooking it. Yeah, so the, apparently, according to the best 
cooks, uh, chefs and otherwise, you sh- your, your pots should not ever go inside a dishwasher and you should never put a detergent or any kind of cleaner onto a frying pan. Right now, when I would be a little bit obsessive about this after the fact, because when I wiped off, I remember phoning up your man in Le Crusoe and, him, and I'm saying to him, my Teflon coating is gone. And he was like, yeah, that's right. And I was going, you washed it off. Can I get it back on? <laughs> after the cost of the Crusoe pan, they were like, no. I was like, oh my God. So then I discovered, I, I adapted and I put the oil on, I now put oil on my Crusoe pans. And then I discovered that actually, it is a skill, okay? It's like sharpening knives. All of those things of oiling your pan, sharpening your knife, they're old skills. They're essential kitchen skills. So you need never, to, you need to curate your pans is what I would say. So now I have now, that said, okay, confessions here. I'm a bit of a scrambler egg fan, okay? Mm. That never, the cast iron pan is just the seasoning of the pan and scrambled eggs don't go together. So no, I, have, I, by the te- have, to I have a special so Teflon coated pan with a green bottom that I use for that because I can't stand eggs that take, and they yeah. take the flavour yeah. so easily. Yeah. They're like garlic or whatever. So for me, you have three types of pans. You have the Teflon one, which is suitable for pancakes eggs and nothing else but no meat should touch it nothing no metal should touch it either you wipe down it never gets washed either Mm -hmm. do you know I hear you and what you're saying sounds logical I just find there's an factor with all of this and maybe it is because I do I'm trying to now justify putting my frying pans in the in the washing machine do you put yours in the washing machine you do not scrub them down in the sink do you scrub out the pots but do you not have pots then that then you can't cook in properly because all the stuff gets stuck well sometimes sometimes I do but I I do know there's a bit of me about I prefer the sparkling shiny clean pot I know but what is but look hold on for a minute now okay stainless steel yes stainless steel for a pasta potatoes okay they just need to wipe out yes but for your these I'm talking basic frying pans most essential cowboy equipment in the world have I been doing it wrong all well, my I don't know I would I can't stand cleaning a food that's stuck to a pan then yeah. that's the Brillo and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I don't have to do that. And I know okay. when one of my eldest son absolutely refuses to buy into this and he's, consequently he's not allowed to really wash the pans because okay. he goes in and then we're all left trying to right. cook and we all the food gets stuck right. onto the bottom well, of the pan. Well, if there is a professional chef listening, yeah, let please me advise. know which of us is right. I suspect Roisin is right on this one. I don't I'm sorry know. To say. I don't know, but I, I'm, a, I'm a filthy okay. cook. And the <laughs> other thing I would say is I have this neurosis then about aluminium. I don't know about right. you. This is the one that if, you, if it's got a White that we were all told that that was bad for you to cook an aluminium. Yeah, okay, all right, okay. Well, if you do know the answer and have the definitive answer on that, text us in 53106 and let me know and I will have to change the habits of a lifetime if it turns out that indeed Roisin is correct. And she so usually... It's Thanks very much James. You're being very generous today <laughs> That's Christmas no, yes. Object of design I yes. don't know what you brought in for me okay. So tell me what it okay. is It's in a packet here A box <gasps> <laughs> Do you know who that is? I Okay So this is um, uh, This is the famous White Lady of Dublin Right She is Reputedly, and I have to bring this in, okay, because never before has an object passed through the hands of Irish people, and in particular Dubliners, with more love and more passion. It is displayed in front of this many is windows. This not high art, let's start. But what <laughs> is high art? This plaster of Paris. This is plaster of Paris, yeah. White, a white lady. A white lady. lady. So, Come on, silver lady. Well, not yeah. silver lady. Yeah, this so is a white lady. Like an homage to uh, what kind of Trump lie or Apparently, you know, and what worries or... me about this is in this piece, I recognise the name of Edward Lockman. 
Okay, he is the guy who fashioned this, uh, the casting of this for somebody in the inner city in Dublin when they said this fella said I want a, a sculptor of a beautiful lady. And right. I have a feeling I know this guy because I think he re- he ran Resins Plaster Mouldings which used to be a shop on Dorset Street, okay, that supplied the whole plaster industry with making moulds and things like that. And, and that's what it is because there's hundreds and hundreds of them. Like these yes. are not unique pieces. They <laughs> are ladies who kind of, they have a three-quarter profile. What I love about them though is you can understand, okay, right, going right back to the Sheila Nagigs and the Virgin Birth. Yes. Let's not, okay. let's not forget about this. We were the archetypal lovers of the goddess. Mm. We held her up. We weren't ashamed. And, and then she's right up there she, with the Rolls Royce lady or yeah, the but, Three Graces. Yes, but that thing. So the Virgin took, we got mad into the Virgin Mary and all that sort of stuff. But somewhere the white lady has crept back in and she is a, she's a seductress. She's not modest. There is definitely <laughs> there's a, there's a, a draping. There's, there's, there's a, a draping. A minimal draping of clothing yes. around her. Okay. Yeah, now she comes okay. around. Now she, there is a lot of stories around her. So I. So, so where do people keep the white lady? Is it their front room window? She is, comes is into the front. Or the bedroom? Uh, the, she's in basically, she's the gal about town and she appears in front windows. You'll see them as you're coming in from the airport and she is really a Dublin phenomenon. Is it a Dublin thing? Yeah. It is a Dublin thing. But at the same extent, I, a lot of people say she has religious roots but I feel as though there is something about this that because we would have traditionally have had a strong female mm. icon mm. in Ireland and I think in a way there's something very nice about that and it is object of design so this is a piece of some piece has get such a strong cultural history yeah. really yeah okay. but also it's part of the culture in the sense that um it's ubiquitous really across across a certain segment of Dublin uh, and Dublin society. Thank you very much for bringing it in. That's the white lady. That's folks. the white lady. And we'll pop a photograph up on your Instagram. Yes, which is that's right. Uh, Roche Murphy Architect. All right. And we'll have a look at that. And if anybody has a white lady in their home or, or maybe it's in their parents' home or grandparents' home, it certainly is an old Dublin tradition. And why don't you pop us in a photograph of it to the home show at newstalk.com and we will have a look at them there. And remember, for everybody out there, if you'd like to get involved in the show, maybe you have something you'd like Roisin to cover in a future episode, uh, do get in touch with us at 53106 for 30 cent or email the show at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. Every single one of those will get read over Christmas. Don't forget to check out the Home Show podcast on the News Talk website and thank you to the production team Garrett Mulhall and Stephen McLoon on sound. Up next is the Anton Savage Show and he'll be looking at Christmas DIY. Have a fantastic weekend. I'll see you all next week. The Home Show on News Talk.